Thank you for tuning in to After My Last Setback. We sat down with Monique Costello, wellness strategist, culinary nutrition expert, and certified integrative health coach. Monique is a speaker, educator, and a wellness chef. In today's episode, Monique discusses diet, exercise, and best practices to stay healthy and at the top of our game in our business and personal life. Stay tuned. Uh, will you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what brought you to this field of expertise? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me be here and um, really excited to meet all of you today. Um, I, we, this is absolutely a relevant topic because while we were waiting to get started, we had that conversation that we're eating more, that we're working more, that everything is just more, there's anxiety, there's stress happening right now. So wellness really needs to become um, a topic within your own um, within your own house within your own mind but I got into this arena I I, um, I came from a background of chronic pain and I don't want to say I came from a background of it but throughout the years you know I want I actually watched my parents go through a lot of chronic pain um, and back problems and and um, and struggle with that and then I watched each of my family members sort of fall to, to chronic pain. And I had seven um, brothers and sisters. And uh, I watched each one dealing with pain as each one of us got older. And, and I think in my mind, it was inevitable. I was going to get it, right? So there is this, this mind connection to what happens in our body. But um, I got to a point where honestly, I went from playing beach volleyball, like twos beach volleyball um, five days a week to not even being able to lift my arms up to wash my own hair like in the shower. And so, so life had kind of really ended for me. There was about a year where I stopped. I just like stopped. I, I got myself to work. I barely got myself through the day and I'd either come home and spend all night crying in my bed or try to see some doctor or therapist um, to, to try to help me through the pain. And it wasn't until um, I read an article that talked about using food to fight inflammation. And I thought, wow, wait, wait, what? I mean, I think I know food. I actually used to own a restaurant. Like, I don't know, what am I missing here? And what is this inflammation? Nobody has talked to me about this inflammation like up, up to this point. So I started to change my diet and within a week, I started to notice the difference, right? Um, it was a long recovery from there, but that propelled me into really just finding this passion to help others through ailments. Um, and what I found through mine is it wasn't just the chronic pain. There was, and it isn't just food. There's, there's a number of pillars that we have to work on from, from um, being able to center ourselves and, and working out, but finding the right workout, um, you know, and getting that proper sleep, right? But nutrition is kind of at the crux of it. Uh, so, so I work on all things um, wellness in those arenas to help people go from from just getting by to actually thriving, right? What I didn't realize is I was struggling with adrenal fatigue and I'm struggling with hypothyroidism and I had weight problems and you know all of those aspects, right? So it's like helping people peel um, the layers of an onion to get to uh, to get to the root of their problems, and that's really just propelled me. I, I continually try to find um, new ways to help individuals and, and learn deeper. I'm currently studying functional medicine now too, just again, to get to that deeper level to the root problems. So that's, uh, that's what brought me to this um, arena. 
That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Wow. Um, so how has your, your field of expertise, what changes have you seen given the recent course of events? Well, I, I think it's exactly what um, what you guys can anticipate, right? It's it's we lost our routines. Um, we're, we're eating more. There's just stress and anxiety, and even for for people who know how to center themselves and and, um, and can do some meditating and, and uh, normally don't feel stress, there is a little underlying stress for all of us. We don't know how long we're going to be like this. We don't know what's going to what is the new normal. Is there even a word normal? Um, so we're finding a lot of people are, are turning towards uh, food as, as kind of that safety piece or comfort piece. Uh, and, and you're in your house. So it's really easy to just walk into the kitchen and grab a handful of cookies or grab a handful of popcorn. And I'm seeing a bunch of my dad's shaking, right? Yeah, and I, you know, it's just something I've always struggled with. And so, so you know, it brings itself back up now for me too. I have to, I have to really work to, to manage it and find ways to work around that. But, you know, that, I, that idea too of I'm working all night long, right? There's no office to walk away from and shut the door um, and, and to, to have that time where you almost, um, where you almost decompress in that time where you go from, um, from an actual physical office to your house, right? Whether that's driving or walking or taking the bus. There's a separation there. So um, it's right now, it's helping people find those separations from these pieces that we don't have. Awesome, awesome. Well, what tips do you have for us given this new normal? Yeah, I'd say number one, and, and a lot of my tips sound really almost uh, mundane. Uh, first one is to hydrate. And I know that sounds really mundane. People tell you to hydrate all the time. But I'm gonna I'm gonna push you a little bit further and ask yourself if just because you're drinking more water if that's hydrating you, right? Do you feel hydrated? Are your lips dry? Is your skin dry? Are you not sleeping at night? Do you not have energy? Just drinking water probably isn't hydrating you, right? Think about now that we're working at home, we're probably drinking more coffee uh, because the pot is right there and you want to finish the pot. There's a lot more um, of little imbibing into, into alcohol a little bit more and more often because there's a lot more virtual happy hours coming out and somehow it just feels like this is getting us through. And these are the things that I'm dealing with and, and all my clients are dealing with. So think about um, things that dehydrate you. So coffee dehydrates you, alcohol dehydrates you. Um, but even just the type of foods are we eating like those um, high carbohydrate starchy foods that are dehydrating as well too. So look at, um, you know, feel, feel what, what the body feels like. If you, if you feel like water's going right through you, are you urinating um, more and too often? Does it feel like you drink water and it just goes? Then we need to go to another level and say, let's add some pink Himalayan salt, add some minerals to your water. Just a few pinches in your water is going to actually help you to retain that moisture better because what's happening is you're not getting that water into the cells and that's where it needs to be. So hydration is tip number one, but two, I would say find that morning routine. If you're waking up and you're picking up your phone first thing on your bed and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like I forgot about this meeting. Oh my God, look at this, look at this political post on Facebook. Uh, you know, it takes away, it kind of robs your mind of setting yourself up for the day. 
Um, and it, it is a tough one for a lot of us, especially if we use the phone as an alarm, you're just instinctively picking it up and you're checking on what's going on for the day. But if you can set that phone aside and give yourself two minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes, something to create a morning routine. Um, your morning routine might be different than mine, but the way mine is I, I get up and I, I get a hydrating glass of water. Right now I am using a, a hydrating powder because I'm finding I'm just really dehydrated. So I use a hydrating powder. What do you use? I use a brand called Ultima. And um, it's just a little powder you can put in there. And I found it's really helping me. A squeeze of lemon in your water is great. And again, that pinch of salt is another easy way to do it. And then I sit down and I do um, anywhere from a five to a um, 20 minute stretching routine. Uh, one thing that, that we're finding is we're moving less. Even if you're getting your workouts in, you're sitting at your desk, you're in your house, you're not outside, you're not walking outside as much, you're not moving as far to get to other people's desks, you're just not doing as much as we normally do on a day-to-day -day basis. So the body's getting a little crunched up. So, um, and especially coming from, from a person with a little chronic pain who's, who's, um, who's prone to inflammation, as many of us are and don't realize it, I get up and I quietly stretch that body. And again, if I just have five minutes, I'll do five minutes. And then I'll follow that up with at least a two to, two to 10 minute um, little still meditation time. I didn't start with meditation right away. It took me years to get to it. I started with breathing because I really thought meditation was just it's out there. It's woo-woo. It was too much for me. I couldn't do it. So learning just a very simple um, pattern of breath. And it's about just finding stillness in your body. You're not going to, there's monkey mind, right? We all have that. And it doesn't mean your mind doesn't think that whole time. But it's about observing the fact that you're thinking about this. Oh, geez. Did I put the garbage out last night? Is it Thursday? Is it my garbage night? Ah, oh, got, okay, noted. Set it aside outside my little bubble. I'm going to worry about that in two minutes when I get done kind of just focusing. Giving yourself some stillness. Setting yourself up for the day. And you'll notice when you do this consistently, what you might not notice is how it helps you throughout your whole day. It almost helps you make those right choices for breakfast. It helps you then continue to make those right choices for lunch. It helps you just approach it from a softer place instead of like, oh my God, go, go. I have all these meetings. Ah, ah, I have to do this. I have to do this. Ah, ah, ah. Right? Um, so it helps you just observe and deal with stress better. Like I said, this could look different for you. You might get up and you might find that two minutes of writing in a journal helps you or acknowledging um, gratitude you know name three things in your life that you're happy for and and make it really good stuff not just like i'm really happy i'm gonna have a cup of coffee in two minutes <laughs> right make it something that's a little more meaningful but i think you know imagine that you get up and you're looking at that phone and you start to get stressed out and you go reach for that coffee which is already putting yourself in this acidic state and putting you on hyper alert mode and your immune system goes on hyper vigilant alert mode already and, and that's the way you start your day. And it's really easy to grab that donut there instead of like, you know, because you're just like, I just, I don't even have time to think. I'm just going to eat this donut. I'm going to eat this high carb cereal. And then, you know, midday comes and you get this, uh, mid morning comes, you get a sugar crash from that. And then you're like, oh, I might as well just eat one of those cookies from last night. It'll just get me through the day. I'm in a hurry. I got to get to my next meeting. So it's about trying to get yourself off that quick, quick rat race and help yourself slow down and start your morning. I do find that when you do that consistently, what you'll notice is when you don't do it.
you'll notice more about not doing it after you consistently do this for a few days, a few weeks in a row. You'll notice more that, that things get a little more, you might get a little more agitated. Things just feel a little different. That honestly, those two tips, I mean, I have hundreds of tips, but I think those at this time right now, um, really valuable. You had mentioned uh, putting a little Himalayan sea salt in water. Is that, would that be the same as eating salty foods like olives or feta cheese or mm. um, cheese? Ooh, good um, question. Or is That's it absolutely a different thing? Yeah, it's a little bit different because, um, because we don't know the salt that was being used in those foods. Most often when you're buying any kind of processed food, you're not getting a true um, uh, clean mineral salt because um, most people are gonna use a white refined table salt or kosher salt. And the, the challenge with that is that we've taken salt as a natural ingredient. It actually has minerals that the body uses, right? Like potassium and magnesium and manganese, all these different minerals, iron, um, and, and certainly things that our body is craving. White refined salt, what they've done is they stripped it of its minerals. In many cases, and in most cases, they bleach it to make it white. So now when you eat that, that white refined salt, um, the body doesn't understand it as a food. And so it thinks it's a foreign object, so it fights it. And the way it fights is it, it causes inflammation. This is silent inflammation that happens inside the body and you're not going to see it right away, right? Um, it's not like you break your wrist and you get inflammation on your wrist. Like that's acute inflammation, that's a quick inflammation. It's there to help the body. But what, what happens is in the body, we start to build this chronic inflammation and we start to have, um, it starts to build into bigger problems and ultimately into bigger diseases. So when you're eating something like an olive or even, even salty chips, there's a really good chance, a 99% chance, you're not getting a healthy salt. So it doesn't react quite the same. So you have to really think about what you're, what you're actually eating and how it's coming in. Oh, wow. That's so insightful. Does anyone have any questions at this time? Please, Scott. Monique, this is great. I took copious notes like crazy. So um, it's right up my alley. Um, my question is, and I think everybody kind of has this maybe to a degree. Obviously, our anxiety levels are higher than my hands right now, you yeah. know, for obvious reasons. And I have a hard time sleeping. And I try and calm myself down. And my question is, not about the sleep part. But, oh, actually, it is about the sleep part. Yeah. Is there any kind of foods that you should avoid eating, you know, mm -hmm. before you go to bed that kind of keeps you up? And if it's, you yeah. know, there's no food, yeah. that, I'm just curious. Great question. I'll bet you everyone's thinking that same thing. I think there's a lot of pillars that fall around sleep, right? And so, so let me talk to you about, um, I want to just circle back for a second with this idea of breathing. Does anyone do meditating? Does anyone do a breathwork process right now? Is anyone doing that? Like two of you, three, three? Yoga. Yeah, so, um, so with, uh, with finding these little ways to calm yourself down, that's what I think about breathing. And when I can't sleep and when I have clients who can't sleep, it's not about just going to meditation uh, because I think if you have monkey mind and you can't sleep, you're not gonna be able to meditate because you're just gonna be sitting there ruminating with, with things. But learning this little breathing pattern, um, and, and I think we should try one. So I'm going to finish this question, and we're going to test out just a little breathing pattern. <coughs> Foods will make a huge difference in how you sleep. Um, 
in general, getting rid of processed foods is going to make a difference in your sleep, right? Eating more whole natural foods closest to their source, right? So an apple comes from a tree and that's how you eat it. A bag of Doritos, uh, very highly processed, loaded with chemicals, loaded with, with um, added sugar and those type of things. Those build up in the body, that's gonna cause um, sleep anxiety, right? That's, 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 I think, probably number one. But there's an entire process called sleep hygiene that I work with with my clients. And part of this is how, we talk about a morning routine and centering yourself for morning. Do you have a nighttime routine? Does anybody have a nighttime routine? Got to get my clients in. <laughs> Set your alarm clock. Yeah. Stretch. Adrian, I saw a couple hands that, that raised. Um, I get the best sleep, and I don't do this all the time, obviously, but when I know I really need a good, good rest, I will always take a bath before, even if it's only like two minutes, yeah. just to get in the hot water. And then as, as soon as I'm done, I go straight to bed. And as the temperature, body temperature cools down, I mean, I mean, literally, I sleep as if I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. Do you do Epsom salt in your bath? Yep, lavender, uh, rose, Epsom salt. Mm, love it. Epsom salt and lavender, right? Lavender, anything is going to help you with that sleep. Like you could put a little essential oil into a spray bottle or just get a little essential oil and put a drop underneath your pillow or rub a couple even like rub a couple dots right behind your ears that's going to help that body calm down a little bit the Epsom salt is magnesium so one of the other things that you can try is um, taking magnesium because our soils are so depleted we're lacking magnesium in almost 95 percent of everybody i work with i'd almost say 99 percent of everyone i work with is lacking magnesium Magnesium is going to help you sleep. It's, it, it helps every function of the body. When you first start taking magnesium, you might find that you get some real crazy dreams with it and it gets a, it's a little crazy when you first start taking it, but ultimately it's going to be in the long run that's the, taking some magnesium um, is another way to go with that. But going back to that idea of sleep hygiene, you know, if you're working on your computer all night long, and if you're and if you put that computer away but then you're on your phone and you have your tv on and you're watching some some crazy bang up oh crazy show right it's it's telling your mind like ooh, it's not safe outside there's a lot going on we're not ready for bed ah there's blue light that's being sent to us from our electronics from our computers from our phones from our televisions that blue light signals to the body that it's time to be awake and so we want to calm the body down by getting rid of some of that blue light. If you feel like you, you can't get rid of the computer, the phones, the, the TVs, change their settings uh, to go. There's a lot of different apps that do this and most phones and computers do this now that you can set the, the, the settings so that as sun starts to set, it changes the tone, the color of your computer to a sepia color. Yeah, so if you're doing that, that's like number one. Turn off that TV one hour before you go to bed. I think that's a really, really hard one because it, we're in this day and age, we're just glued to our Netflix, we're glued to just news, we're glued to all of that. But you're just raising that awareness in your body that it's time to be awake. So turn off that TV an hour beforehand. Find a simple routine, whether it's breathing, maybe it's reading to put yourself to sleep. Start to dim the light around you. And really another thing when we talk about food is are you eating an hour before bedtime? 
you got to stop eating two to three hours before you go to bed, ideally three. That body, and this is something I never really understood, but your body repairs while you're sleeping. It doesn't go to sleep. It's repairing. So if you're not getting sleep, you're not repairing your body, right? And if you have a belly full of food, well, the body can't go to sleep. It can't do its repair job because now it has to digest all that food. You ever feel like that when you have that big bowl of, you know, big peeved belly and you go to bed and you're just like, oh, I just can't sleep. I'm just rolling around, you know? So we have to give that chance for our melatonin to rise during the evening to help us stay asleep. So, I mean, again, another one of those subjects that we could talk for, for you know, a really long time, but, but think about that eating routine and just think about the food you're eating and really start to try to connect. The days you eat a little healthier, do I sleep a little better? Those days that I'm doing all the cookies and the crackers and the pizzas and the this, you know, am I sleeping a little less happy those nights? I know 100% when I drink um, alcohol and I, and I love my gin, I love my wine, but I know when I drink uh, those, that I, when I have a few more than a couple cups, I wake up every single time in the middle of the night and I can't get back to sleep. So people think alcohol kind of numbs you and helps you sleep. It might numb you in the beginning, but ultimately, most people find that in the middle of the night, they don't have that powerful sleep, right? Yeah. Do you um, want to try um, just a really quick breathing technique? Sure. Maybe? Yeah, absolutely, go. Okay, so we're gonna do a really simple one. This is box breathing, and I'm gonna lead you through it. If you're comfortable, you can close your eyes. If you're not comfortable, you can keep your eyes open. We're gonna breathe in for four. We're gonna hold for four. We're gonna breathe out for four and we're gonna hold for four. And we'll just do that a couple times in a row. When you breathe, try sitting up, putting your feet on the ground. And I want you to think about inhaling into your belly. Take a big deep breath in. And if your chest all rises and you didn't feel anything in your belly, that's anxiety breathing up here. Right? Let go of that. See if you can't pull the breath into your belly. Your belly should actually go out. That's that funny one because us women have been told to hold our stomachs in for how many years now? So it's really hard to let those bellies up. I learned to do this laying on the floor. It's easiest on the floor. So this is something you could even try and this is why it works well in bed. But just see if you can't push that belly out and then the belly comes back in between the release. So that's first. So first we'll just so get ready. Just exhale everything you have. And now breathe in for one, two, three, four, hold for four, three, two, one, breathe out for one, two, three, four, hold out for four, three, two, one. Let's bring it in. One, two, three, four, hold for four, three, two, one, bring it out for one, two, three, four, hold for four, three, two, one, last round, bring it in, one, two, three, four, hold for four, three, two, one, now bring it out, one, two, three, four, and hold for four, Three, two, one. And then just breathe natural. Can you feel the difference? 
Oh yeah. A little bit. Mm -hmm. I feel like I went on a trip. <laughs> it's, it, it sets your body into a very parasympathetic state. And in a parasympathetic state is rest and digest. It tells the body everything's okay. Parasympathetic state. Yeah. If you do that a few times over and learn and go ahead and do it at your own pace of, of how you breathe, that's a really simple thing I will go to three, four, five times a day and, and definitely in the middle of the night that can just calm that body down. Thank you. Um, I think somebody else did. Katie, did you have your hand up? Um, I did. I wanted to ask you, <clears throat> just listening to what you were saying, Monique, have you heard of um, Dr. Gundry? Yeah. Okay, so I've been reading his books and he talks about the whole don't eat for like, he says four hours before you go to bed because you need to get oxygen to your brain if it's like you said, processing your food yeah. while your sleep is really bad. Uh, <clears throat> The other thing was the hydration. I wanted to ask you about the hydration that you're taking the um, extra. I've been getting vertigo lately, and I think it is associated with hydration. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you about that, um, that stuff that you're taking and, and, yeah. and how often you take it, the, the supplements, the hydration supplements. Okay, so two things. So Dr. Gundry, uh, he's really big into what's called lectins, yes. right? Is that what you're the, reading about? Yes, and, the, good, and the gut are, buddies. Yeah. yeah, they're essentially like like little um, little uh, I call them phytic acid barriers on things like our grains, right? Yeah. And and so I think there's there's some truth to every single diet theory out there. And, yes. And yeah. and we have to find the diet that works best for us. Um, I no one diet works for everybody. I do think there's some there's some pieces to his uh, to his lectins. I don't necessarily agree that you should never eat grains again, depending on what's going on in your body. If you're dealing with some autoimmune, there's a good chance you maybe need to stop grains for a little while until you know what they do to your body and how to properly prepare them. But I think it's in the key is in properly preparing them. When you make, when you cook grains, when you cook rice, when you cook beans from scratch, when you cook lentils from scratch, when you eat nuts, the idea is to soak them in water ahead of time. 20 minutes overnight, depending on the size of the grains, that helps to break down that exterior little barrier. And then you rinse, you drain that water, you rinse those grains really well, um, and then you cook them. It's gonna do two things for you. One, it's gonna help you cook them quicker. But we hear about that with beans too, soaking your beans so you get rid of that gassiness. Um, it's gonna help break down that barrier so your body can actually absorb the nutrients more instead of fighting those barriers to try to get to them. So you'll get more nutrients out of your meals. And, and if you're like me and you find that over time you're really, you're prone to a little of this, this chronic inflammation, because uh, you've got kind of, our bodies just go on heightened alert. Um, you know, being mindful of that and, and taking the extra time to prepare your meals um, properly like that will make a difference in the body. So, so that's my thought there. And I, I just don't, I don't think that every one of us should go pick up every single diet book that's out there because there's a new one every single week that says you have to do paleo. Now you have to do keto. Now you should do fasting. Now you should do this. Depends on what's happening in your body and you have to learn to listen to what's right for you. So a little bit of everything is usually what, what kind of works out best, right? And also it's not about a diet. It's about a long-term lifestyle change. Lifestyle. Can you sustain what you're doing? Right, and that's what I want to teach people is helping you sustain for the long term, not just for the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. It didn't take us two weeks to get into this shape. Um, and, and then, um, 
And then to talk about, uh, and then your other question, I'm sorry, I just lost my- The hydration. Oh yeah, the hydration, thank you. Yeah. So with the hydration, I, I'm, I'm using a little powder that's called Ultima. It's, you can get it on Amazon. It's, um, it's just a hydrating powder. I'm drinking it every, I put it in my water every single morning um, and I drink that. Um, it's helping me just maintain. I was dealing with some uh, dehydration issues. Yeah. So if you, again, if you don't wanna do that, I think really simple, Think about hydrating foods, right? So imagine a cucumber, a slice of cucumber versus a cracker. Right? Really hydrating, that cucumber is really hydrating, right? Um, so, and, and think about too, if you are starting your day with, if you're drinking coffee, that's super dehydrating. Now you have to drink one to two full glasses of water to combat that dehydration. So, um, so it's a, it's a little bit of a, a stepping stone. Uh, the, the ultimate works really great for me. I used to do, um, lemon water and I needed something a little more powerful. And so I went to the Ultima, which is helping me. Um, there's a few, there's a number of, um, of hydrating electrolyte powders that are out there. Be careful with what you get because a lot of them are loaded with sugar. You know, that, that then takes us to turning your package over, reading the label, what's actually in that. Right. So be careful of the ones that are super highly flavored because there's probably a really good chance there's some kind of sugar compound in there. But yeah, does that does that help? Does that make sense? Yeah. Does the Ultima have sugar in it? The uh, it has a little stevia. The one I'm using has a little stevia. Oh good. That's what I have. A okay, stevia. Yeah. And 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 I'm not a huge I'm really not a huge fan of stevia because I, I have um there's a there's a flavor that comes with it for me. It's a very chemicalized flavor. Oh really? I agree. I, I don't like that flavor. You get that too? Yeah. It's so really I love stevia. I put it in everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> so everyone's a little bit different, right? Yeah. This one I don't taste it in this. It's it's small enough. Okay, good. You know, you could start your day by literally making a lemonade cocktail by putting uh, water in a blender. Put a big lemon in there. You can even put the peels in if you're used to that better. You could put a little bit of maple syrup in there for a little sweetness. It's a natural sugar. And then throw some ginger and a cucumber in there. That could be your morning drink. That could be really hydrating for you. Um, so just think about, can I at least get that in if you're having coffee? Can I think about my coffee as, as no longer I'm going right for the coffee? Can that be my second thing? Can I get something else in my body that's hydrating before I get the dehydrating in, right? Yep, yep, yeah. thank you. You're Monique, welcome. what's the latest on uh, agave nectar, uh, good or bad? Um, what do you guys and, think, and, agave? Uh, back, back to that question, I want to ask uh, also about honey. Oh, yeah. Anybody know? Is agave good or bad? I want to say it's good because it's low on the glycemic index, but I don't know if there's any more research that now. Yeah. <laughs> agave is actually, the, the true, true agave is low on the glycemic index, but it's not what we're getting. Most agave, I tell people to throw their agave out because um, most of it is not in its very true classic form. We're getting things that, that um, are, are cut with corn syrups and, and, um, and are not properly produced. So I, um, I love honey. I'm a big fan of honey. There again, buy a quality honey, not the little honey in the bear because again, it's being cut with corn syrup. Um, so we have to be careful with these things that are not being listed on the ingredients. Buy somebody, buy honey local. You know, we go to these farmer's markets um, and I know we can't technically go right now, but I'm hearing they're opening back up, right? And there's gonna be some distancing, but there's also like Green City Market and a lot of them are just doing home delivery. There are honey 
um, local honey guys that are doing it the proper way. Buy good honey. Buy good quality maple syrup, not the Aunt Jemima, you know, in the bottle, right? Use um, medjool dates. Those are the kinds of sweeteners um, that you're getting some minerals out and the body can recognize. So you're getting something more than just that white refined sugar that the same thing I talked about white refined salt, they do the same thing to sugar, right? They pull those minerals yeah. off the Okay. What about foods that um, help with digestion? Yeah. So digestion is absolutely the key to your health. If your digestion isn't working properly, there, the rest of the body, you're going to have problems within the rest of the body. So this is, this is key. When I work with clients, we work on the gut first. If um, things are, are, um, are sticking around too long, it's like, it's like we have to take the trash out, right? We've got to have movements, you know, one to three a day, which was crazy to me because that's not what I was doing. I was lucky to go once a week. I mean, we have to take that trash out. If your trash sits too long underneath your cupboard, what happens? It smells, right? It gets smelly and it gets, uh, it gets, it gets kind of nasty. And that's, that's what's happening in the gut too. We're reabsorbing those toxins when it's supposed to be taking them out. Number one, um, I think one of the, I mean, obviously staying hydrated, right? And actually helping yourself reduce some of that anxiety, helping yourself not eat some of that processed foods, all those, those build up. But one of the things that made a big difference for me is eating cooked, eating more cooked foods than raw. So um, with raw foods, there's a lot of fiber in there and your body just might have a hard time breaking that down. So everybody says, salads are good for me. I'll eat a salad. Salad's great. I'm going to eat a salad. That's all, that's fine, but that's all raw food. So if you're going to eat a salad, get some cooked vegetables. Um, cook your vegetables, one, even, even steaming them one to two minutes. But, you know, the bulk of my diet, even this summer, is some sort of roasted grilled vegetables so that I'm breaking down, I'm helping to break down uh, the fibers of that, of that food. That's going to help that body to um, be able to digest it easier. Oh, wow. That's so that's so strange because, you know, you hear about these like raw diets, but I do, I, I have started to get a lot of cramps after eating um, healthy foods like kale and spinach and yeah. read about it. I realize exactly what you're saying. Like it's the rawness of them that causes. Yeah. And I think some people can do raw diets, but most people have to gradually work into it. And I also, I, I'm a very, very true believer in um, eating, uh, eating for your um eating for your location, right? We live here in the winter. We don't have raw vegetables being grown here in the winter. We get hearty root vegetables, and those are the things that are supposed to be cooked. If you live in, in Hawaii, hey, a raw vegetable diet might be awesome for you, or San Diego might be awesome for you. It takes a while to work up to it. Um, I don't think you can turn to it tomorrow. I mean, I, I, I don't know very many people who can go an entire winter without some cooked foods. Right. I think that's just we need something more warming and comforting and hearty. Yeah. So um, so yeah, try that. Try to switch up your your if you're eating a salad, like I said, just roast your vegetables or just saute them for two minutes just to help break them down and, and do that, you know, continue to do that a few days in a row and see if you feel a difference. Awesome. Anyone else? Uh, well, you know, someone had told me a mixture of uh, the natural vinegar apple cider vinegar with a little honey and water is good. And I, I've used that in the evening and it, and I, I actually have enjoyed it. So yeah. it's really good for your digestion and also for other purposes. 
So, yeah, apple cider vinegar is great. It's something you could even start your morning with. If you had some lemon water, you could put a little apple cider vinegar in it. One of the things um, that's, that's great about apple cider vinegar, and this is gonna take us down another path, so I'm gonna try to not go too deep on this. It will help, um, it will help activate some stomach acid. So if anybody has gas, burping, bloating, GERD, that reflux acid that, that, that comes up, we've got it wrong. We don't have too much stomach acid. We don't have enough stomach acid or our stomach acid is in the wrong place. So in order to properly break down our, our fruits and vegetables and foods that we eat, we need really strong stomach acid. The problem is we've been suppressing our stomach acid with these over-the-counter acids for years and the stomach doesn't have strong enough uh, stomach acid. Starting like every single meal with a little, a little shot of that apple cider vinegar is one way to kick start that stomach acid. It's a way to tell the, the, the stomach down there. I mean, imagine, um, imagine this. It's almost like, I think about it this way, fast food. Uh, when, we, when we go get fast food, it seems like we're supposed to eat fast food fast as well. You ever notice like somebody who sits down and eats their plate and just, I'm sitting down and gulp, 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 gulp. all right, I'm gonna put another piece in my mouth and then I'm not even gonna finish chewing this one. I'm gonna really hard gulp it. I'm gonna swallow it down with water. All that's going into your body and the stomach's down there going, whoa, 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 wait, wait, where did this food come from? Nobody told me this food is coming down. Oh my God, five um, and it's hitting the red button. It's like, we need acid, we need acid. By this time it's too late. We're supposed to start acid um, before that happens. Where does digestion start? Where do you guys think digestion starts? Mouth. I feel like it's a, it, this is a trick question, right? Yeah. Um, in front of you before you're starting, I don't know. Yeah, it actually starts. Um, so imagine this. I want you to just close your eyes for a second. You're sitting down to a home cooked meal and you're smelling, oh my gosh, it's that favorite lasagna that your mom used to make, and it's just like, you could just get the whiff of that smell. Mm. Is your mouth getting watery? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we smell and when we see that food, that starts to activate those salivary glands, that starts to get that digestive process going. Right, so it's slowing down, acknowledging our food. Um, and that's gonna make a difference with helping uh, with that stomach acid by just letting the body have a chance to get that digestive juices going. That's the beginning of it, right? That's the, that's the kickstart to it. Um, but having that little shot of apple cider vinegar 10, 15 minutes before you eat. I don't use apple cider vinegar. I use, um, you can also use a bitters and that's what I use. I use a, it's like an old Swedish bitters. Uh, you can make these things, but it's a very, very bitter, bitter taste. And that's what activates salivary glands. In, we tend to now have a very sweet palate. We like sweets. Learning to eat more bitter foods is going to help that in the, um, help that stomach acid. So, so apple cider vinegar is great for a number of things, like definitely kickstarting that digestion process by kickstarting stomach acid. Is there one brand that you recommend over another? Yeah, if it's apple cider vinegar, Bragg's, B-R-A-G-G-S, is 100% is my favorite. You want to find a brand that has that cloudiness in it. That's called mm -hmm. the shake it up and get some of that cloudiness in, in when you use it because that's where uh, some of the best benefits come in. 
how much is one shot like in terms of like how many tablespoons? In your mean, uh, no, start with a teaspoon, work your way to a tablespoon um, because this is going to be harsh, right? This is like, oh, that's apple cider vinegar. That's, you know, that's going to be a little interesting for you to start with. So start with just a little teaspoon and, and work your way up. But yeah, a little tablespoon and a shot of water is fine. And, Mm-hmm. You know, when you first have it, it's going to taste like salad dressing, <laughs> like a very harsh salad dressing. So I mix it with a little tonic water, just a little bit, just so I can swallow it. <laughs> yeah, you could do that in a little lemon water together. Is, lemon water. Too. But I've been doing it after my meals. You're saying do it before you eat, not after. Okay. Pick whichever way, and every single one of us is different. So whichever way makes you feel the best. I'd say um, before kickstarts that digestion, after can help calm it. So I do have clients that like it after because it can help yeah. calm it. So, should, yeah. you be, should you be drinking water while eating? Or you think? should you wait until after you're done eating to drink water? Yeah. Any, any thoughts? I read that it's important to not drink water while eating because it um, mixes, mixes up with your digestive juices juices that happen in your stomach and it dilutes everything and it prevents yeah. your stomach from digesting but i don't know if that's true yeah no one 100 i think that um you know there's so much misinformation out there especially for for um around weight loss that says oh drink two big glasses of water before you eat and and then you your stomach will be full and you won't eat as much your stomach will be full, but again, yeah, you dilute those stomach acids and, and it's about having really strong stomach acid. Um, so, and also what that does is that bloats your belly and it gets you also used to pushing your belly out, your stomach out. So it helps you stretch your stomach. So if you can um, try to save all of your liquids for away from your meals, 20 minutes before, 20 minutes after, and a few sips while you're eating is fine. But when you look at old school cultures, like you go to, you go to Europe, they don't give you water with your meal, right? And you have to ask for it. And when they give you water, it's a tiny little glass. Not like here, we're given big giant glasses of water in those big giant red cups. And then we have big giant things of soda with it. I mean, all of that is messing with your stomach acid. And again, if we can't break down our food, we can't pull nutrients from it. That's going to start a whole host of issues with the body, starting with digestive issues. So yeah, better to, to keep the water away from the meal. What about alcohol? Um, you know, we're obviously eating socially and there's always yeah. a glass of wine with your meal. Yeah, I think that within, within reason, um, again, uh, try to um, first choose the choices like the wine um, versus uh, a big sugary, watery cocktail like a, uh, like a margarita, right? That's filled with sugar. That's a tough one. Um, and, and try to sip through it. Um, you know, a, a uh, a, a little tip that I do is I don't, I used to sit down and order the wine. I'm like, I'm going to order my wine. I want my wine. And then I'll look at the menu, right? Can you switch that a little bit? Can you sit down and order your meal and then order your wine? Again, it's sort of that little anticipation of getting myself ready. It's, it's like starting all this anticipation in the body that it's coming um, and that food is coming. And I will say it, it really helps to curb um, that overactive uh, urge to just eat more and, and drink more right off the bat because when you have that wine on that empty stomach, come on, that, that's kicking you right into this mode of, oh man, now I, I have some wine. Now I, I better hurry up and get some, give me some fries. Just give me some fries really quick. I'm going to eat those fries because I got to get something in my stomach or, 
that habit of just, I'm going to overeat on my plate because that wine kind of already set me into this little blood sugar um, uh, swing. So if you can, you know, or have the wine, but just do what you can to, to kind of have a sip of wine and a sip of water in between each, right? I would never say take the wine away from the meal because I'm going to have it. <laughs> but I think finding ways to, to work it in is, is helpful. Does anyone else, anyone else have a question at this time? Yeah, I was wondering what your thoughts were about enzyme, digestive enzymes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, big fan. I'm a big fan of digestive enzymes uh, because they will, if you're really not breaking down your foods and you're not, uh, you don't have stomach acid and you've got bloating and you've got digestive issues, the stomach acid is going, or the digestive enzymes will help you break down that food when you eat it. And what I also really like about them is, um, that it doesn't, your body doesn't stop production of something happening within the body by taking them. Um, so it helps it uh, to form more stomach acid versus like, let's just say you have constipation and you're taking, um, and you're taking like an X-lax to, to get things to move, right? You're telling the body it doesn't need to learn that peristalsis movement of getting, it's a, it's a, it's an action that happens within the intestines. It, it says, oh, I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to learn it. So you're telling the body to stop learning a process that it's supposed to be doing. Um, so the digestive enzymes don't do that. They actually work within your body. So I'm a big fan of those. You take them, um, you take them with your meal, usually about the middle of the meal, um, and that can, can help move things through. And the goal is with supplements, guys, is I don't want to be on something forever for the rest of my life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to take a pill the rest of my life. Um, and I don't think that's the way we should live. I think you, you get your body to a happy state and then, and then, and then you rely on some of these supplements once in a while when you need them. But in the beginning, you might find you need to take digestive enzymes for the next three, two, three, four months, depending on what's going on in your system. Does that make sense? Is, is there food that contains digestive enzymes or would you uh, recommend actual supplements? Uh, ask that again, I missed part of it. Is there any food that contains digestive en enzymes naturally or would you take digestive enzymes? Yeah, you need to, if the digestive enzymes are a little bit um, different than having food, right? I mean, you know, there's, there's the idea of just eating more natural and stopping and acknowledging your food, getting those digestive juices going, chewing your food. Uh, again, it seems mundane, but the act of chewing your food and chewing it till it's liquid, we don't chew our food enough. So when you swallow a giant um, bite of hamburger that you've only chewed two or three times, the body, somebody has to break that down. Somewhere that has to be broken down. And if there's not enough stomach acid to break that down, and if you keep throwing more food on top of it before that stomach empties, it's gonna push it along and it's gonna go down to that small intestine. And the small intestine is like, well, this isn't my job. I'm not, I can't even, I can't do my job till your job is done. So now I'm doing your job. So I'm gonna push my job along and hope that somebody down the road does it, <laughs> right? And, and uh, so we become a little malnutrition because we can't pull nutrients from our food. So the so, digestive enzymes are an actual pill or an actual supplement is what yeah, you yeah it's a supplement yeah so you'll take that as a supplement okay yeah anyone else these are great questions guys <laughs> i love it anyone okay um tips uh on on keeping our energy high yeah 
Um, honestly, everything I talk about is, is part of this, right? If you don't get sleep, you can't perform. You're not going to feel good the next day. You're not going to have good energy. Um, so, so it backs up to getting good sleep and how do we get good sleep? Eating decent foods and staying really hydrated. I think those are really kind of the, the key points. Like look at your food and, and ask yourself, when I get done eating um, this bag of chips, how do I really feel? And how does it make me feel an hour from now? Does it make me feel like I need more and want more? Or, or am, I, am I satisfied and do I feel good afterwards? Um, I think it's a lot of, a lot of just buildup. And I don't think there's ever one good answer. I, like I mentioned before, it's like an onion. And then when you peel a layer, there's another layer, there's another layer. So it's putting all these little pieces into place. Um, I, I notice too, like again, when I start my routine in the morning and, I, and I'm calm, I have more sustained energy throughout the day. I don't have those big highs and lows and those swings. So managing, it's about managing that blood sugar as well. Um, and, and managing that blood sugar, well, one is, is less sugar, but two is eating three square meals a day that are loaded with protein, fat, and carbs, right? Instead of like all day long grazing, your body doesn't have a chance to ever stop its digestive process. It's always working, working, working. So sitting down at a table, not in front of your computer, not standing at the kitchen counter, sitting at a table and eating that food and making sure that you've got protein, whether that's meat protein or whether it's lentils and beans and hemp seeds, um, you know, uh, for, for non-meat proteins, making sure you've got complex carbs in there like vegetables and making sure you have some good fat like avocado and olive oil or coconut oil and nuts and seeds. Like having that is going to help you have more sustained energy. Where should coffee have its place in our lives? Obviously, some of us, myself, speaking about me, are addicted yeah. to coffee, right? So I, I have coffee uh, in between meals or right after every meal or obviously in the morning. Um, There's, it's interesting. There was a study done that, that different people should have coffee at different um, times of the day. <laughs> And I don't remember the exact study, or if I find it, I'll, I'll share it with you guys. In general, I think that um, I used to own a coffee shop. I love coffee. Um, what I've truly found is it doesn't agree with me, at least with, with what's been going on in, in my body. So I've had to, it's, it's been a painstaking process of giving up coffee over the course of five years. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, it's not that easy uh, because we're really addicted to coffee. Um, but I, 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 uh, I think you can have coffee if you get some food in your stomach first. I'm, a, I'm kind of a believer in thinking about your coffee as a dessert. Like if you start your day, coffee is very acidic. So if it's the first thing that goes into your stomach, you're setting yourself on an acidic state for the entire day. The same thing as picking up that phone and putting yourself into that kind of negative space of looking at the electronics. So I'm a really big believer in get something in your stomach first try to get an, an egg in there right do something that that is in there so you're not setting yourself on an acidic state um and then uh if you're really not sleeping at night and you're drinking coffee really think about not having coffee after 11 o'clock in the morning or maybe noon you know play with that and really see if you notice a difference to it because um you know coffee for each one of us has, has this half-life in the body of different amounts and for me um drinking coffee at, at noon can actually keep me awake at night. Uh, and that's not something I've ever wanted to admit, but I've had to admit it. 
you know, and I think that's the hard thing is, is sometimes with health, you have to, you have to be honest with yourself. I can't tell you what is right for you. You're the one who has to just listen and have that intuition in your body. Um, and it's there. We have just never developed this. But if you sit and listen to it and you're like, okay, if I was really, truly honest, I know that coffee is making me jittery and I know it's keeping me awake. But I need coffee to wake up in the morning. It's the only way I can do it. There's going to be there's going to be a little um, period there, right? A little change up period. Do it nice and slow. Do it slow. Start to like add some decaf to your coffee and 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 bake yourself with half calf. Um, add a little bit of coconut oil or ghee, which is a clarified butter, into your coffee and mix it in, so that it helps to um, it helps to uh, calm down the quick absorption of the coffee. So you don't get that immediate rush, right? It kind of slows that absorption. There's little tricks you can do like that. And I would never tell you to wake up tomorrow and stop having coffee because you're probably not going to like me tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> well, if you, if you substitute coffee with a caffeinated tea, is a caffeinated tea um, like an English breakfast or, yeah, or a matcha? Whatever. Or is that tea. a is it, is it a guilty pleasure having a dark or a black tea or is it better as a better substitute than coffee? Oh, I think, I think, um, I think the tea is a better substitute for coffee, but if your body's having a problem with the caffeine, it's not going to matter whether it's coming from coffee or whether it's coming from an energy drink or whether it's coming from tea, you're going to have a problem with the caffeine, right? So it is finding different, <clears throat> different things. I drink a lot of uh, dandelion tea, um, because it actually is good for the, the blood and good for the uh, liver too. Um, and dandelion tea is, uh, it's, it's bitter like coffee. So, you know, I find ways, like I haven't lost my, my sense for my flavor for that bitter coffee. Um, but if you change over to something like a dandelion tea, you could still add, um, you could still even add a little milk to it and, and feel a little bit like it's the same. There's a number of different teas out there that are kind of like that. They can give you that smokiness uh, from coffee. It's not the same. I'm not going to lie. But if you let your palate change, it'll change over time. I really like uh, Paris. Um, it's a Earl Grey tea with lavender and bergamot. It's amazing. Oh, that sounds amazing. I think that's it. It's, it's just being, um, being creative and finding some different things and, and being willing to try some different things, right? But if you go into it and say, nope. I don't like tea, never gonna like it. I'm gonna try some tea. Nope, but I'm not gonna like this. Nope, didn't like it. You know, if you don't let yourself um, explore some of these things and let your mind tell yourself that you could like these things, well, you'll never like them. And that's, and I say that because that's what I did. I was like, I was a coffee drinker and I was like, nope, I don't like tea, I don't like tea. I can drink this tea, but nope, don't like it. <laughs> let yourself just calm down a little bit. You're like, oh, okay, wait, there's different teas. There's a ton, hundreds. And thousands of different teas out there that can uh, satisfy some of those those cravings. Well, I just want to thank you so much. Um, again, once again, if anyone else has questions right now, will you raise your hand? Anyone at all? Um, I want to thank you so much, Monique, for uh, joining us today. I will uh, give you the mic to um, close us off today with any closing thoughts or anything that you uh, wish to share with us um, from your extensive wealth of wisdom. Um, thank you everyone for participating and uh, I'll let Monique close us off. Final thoughts on how to have your optimal level of energy and uh, health. 
Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you for having me again. Thank you all for all of your amazing questions and for your time this morning. Um, I think the final thing is just be really kind to yourself. Like, honestly, we're going through a lot of stress and a lot of anxiety and we're all feeling it. And there's just an uncertain time out there, but giving yourself some room to, to deal with that however you need to deal with that. And if today that means you need to eat a batch of cookies, eat that batch of cookies. But then tomorrow, ask yourself how it made you feel, right? Um, and, and, um, and it's okay to, to always ask for help too. I mean, that's why people like me are here, health coaches. This is what I walk people through is getting through times like these and doing it in a little healthier manner. But finding that little self-love, giving yourself the two minutes to have a bath, giving yourself that two minutes to do that box breathing that we did. Anything along those lines of just being a little kinder to yourself um, during these times, I think is what's gonna, uh, what's gonna really make a difference in the long term. And, and I did mention at the very beginning um, that I have a group on Facebook and I put the link in the chat box. It's Happy Eats Healthy with Monique. So my business is Happy Eats Healthy. Um, the Facebook group is Happy Eats Healthy with Monique. I'm doing live recipe cooking every single day. We're, um, we're continuing conversations like this over there. Uh, so, so join us, it's a free group. Um, and, uh, and, and you can join me there and keep conversations going and learn about new products and, and whatnot and learn some cooking techniques uh, tomorrow at noon. We're doing an open live cooking, uh, so you could actually get the ingredients today and, and join me uh, tomorrow. I'm, I uh, have a guest on that we're cooking through. Um, my websites are Happy Eats Healthy with Monique. You're gonna find lots of my events, um, which will be coming back up as soon as we're, we're all uh, released from lockdown. Um, virtual events too, and uh, cooking classes, and all of my recipes are there. If you're looking for the coaching side, because I work with individuals one-on-one -on -one to really help them meet their health goals and get through whatever kind of ailment they're dealing and find their root causes. Um, and I also do corporate wellness, especially right now, virtual corporate wellness. So if you know anybody who has a um, company that was doing wellness and they're kind of missing this, they do virtual wellness now. Uh, that side of me is at moniquecostello.com. So lots of different ways to get in touch with me and to hang out with me and um, I love conversations to just come into any of these places and ask questions and because um, if you have that question, we know somebody else has it. And so, yeah, I'm going to really just leave you with that thought that um, I'm sending you all much love and I hope that you give yourself some love as well. Thank you so much, Coach. Thank you. What a pleasure to have you. Thank it's you. been a true, true delight. Thank you everyone for tuning in this morning and I will uh, put up the recording. So if anyone wants to watch it again, you'll have it and we'll put this on our podcast of after my last setback. So thanks everyone and thanks Monique once again. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time on After My Last Setback.